Create and declare. That part. <laughs> okay. On you, boo. Yo, what up? It's your boy Tim, aka T.O. Speaks. And it's your girl Yami, aka Yams B. Said. And you are now tuned into Love, Love and Theology. Theology. I know I've questioned many things in this world. So they would have enough to let their babies eat. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I think I've met you before. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. But now, hey, so look, we are so excited today. We back, we back with a guest. We back with the phenomenal. So last week we gave y'all just us, right? right, right. And we had to, we had to remind you guys that we were the host because we don't want you getting so caught up in our guest people, or whatever. But then, huh, huh, out of the wind. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord sent us a ram in the bush. Yes. Of a speaker, a uh, uh, speaker to the nations, an artist, an author, huh? Of uh, the five minute gratitude team, boys, devotional. Now, y'all know I don't like to spend money, but I bought two of these books. <laughs> <laughs> Gave one out hey, on behalf of this brother. It's a must have for your kid, your teenager. Yeah. Uh, for you, for you, actually. For you, yeah, actually, I got some Jews all over. That's yeah, and then in addition to him being a, a, a t-shirt entrepreneur as well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My brother is a brother. Let me say something. Okay, first of all. This one is your t-shirt right here, right? Yes, it is. Thank you for yes. tuning into the Love and Theology podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and uh, follow our podcast. Also, if you're interested in- He has a podcast, person, right? I do. Go ahead. Yeah. Chris Cox Speaks Podcast with a Z. What is these beats? We'll go ahead and put that right there. Also, if you're interested in purchasing merch from us, feel free to look at this link right here and the link inside the chat for you to go ahead and make your purchase as well. But here, let me tell you something about this brother right here. We first got introduced to Chris, Pastor Chris, um, when we all attended Fresh Start. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know about yours, but my first encounter, I think, was it was in a class of some sort that I cannot remember, right? I'd never seen him before. He got in here, I'm talking about, and walked through some word as though he was just speaking casually. And right, I yeah, said, yeah. oh, ha. I remember going to Fresh Start and I'm like, who are these kids that they talk about? Like, these kids love them, man. <laughs> <laughs> he told the kids to feel disciples. <laughs> Matthew, Mark. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, and even beyond that, right? So after um, he transitioned into a new space, I had made a request. My dad, everybody knows, is a pastor in South Florida and made a request to him. I was like, hey, I need a, uh, a pastor to come and speak to the youth at this at, the, at this church. It's his church in South Florida. It's my dad's church. And uh, I, you know what? If I find the clip, I'm going to go ahead and put it in. Here. First of all, <laughs> because... let me add to that. <laughs> the way she gave me the information, she kind of layered it on more and more. Because first she said, hey, are you available to go speak to her? I'm like, yeah, that's what of I course. Did. Then she said, Miami. I'm like, yeah. Of course. Uh, it's a Haitian trip. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I said, we still ain't canceled yet. <laughs> um, you're going to have to wear a suit. Yeah. Now, that's what I almost canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
Because it, it, it went into my like, people had a conversation with a nigga. And she was like, you know he don't wear a suit. I said, wait. I was like, no, so he can't preach it. My man is like, well, Like, that's not even a thing. So, so you need a suit and a tie. Like, what is going on? I don't so, think you had a tie, though. Did you have a tie? I didn't have a suit, y'all. So, <laughs> first of all, I was scheduled to come to Atlanta. Uh, and so I said, you know what? I'll go to Atlanta. And then I had to leave from here to go to Miami, but I didn't have a suit. So I had to come to Atlanta. And the first thing I did was went to K&G. My God. <laughs> K&G is providing suits with for the sinners. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if the suit was tailored by the time I went to preach in it, but... I but it didn't even it didn't even matter. Still to this day, this is probably like three years ago at this point. Yeah. They negotiated on the tie though. I didn't wear it. No, I know you didn't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's a big deal. Cause uh, cause my dad is uh, you know Haitian people back in New York. You know what I'm saying? Her dad come to Thanksgiving dinner with a full suit. It sure does. <laughs> our first Thanksgiving at our house, it was nothing but, but us, us. family. <laughs> like, I'm in sweats. Like you know what I'm saying? This man said, "You never know when somebody's gonna need somebody to uh, you know preach a word." <laughs> I need, to, yeah, I need to be fully prepared. Yes. And let me say something. Three years ago, still to this day, and people still talk about the word amazing. that he delivered. Oh my God. It, it was so phenomenal. And I really appreciated it too because it was a, it was the the bridging of cultures in a way. And it it, it gave me brownie points. Because you know, like, you know, if your parents your parents send you out to, you know, the world, they don't really know like who you around or what you're dealing with. So when you present, like my dad trusted me on my word that I had uh, I had someone solid. They know what games for bridging. Right? I know what I had, like, hey, just tell them, just tell them that we're a Baptist church, you know what I'm saying? Don't go off the rails with that. And even beyond that, there have been times when I've called him for that specific church and been like, yo. Uh, they need help here. Do you have someone that we can contact? Or even when we kind of needed a little bit of guidance on a transition that we were experiencing, mm-hmm. Chris has been more yeah. than just a friend, but a brother in Christ. And we are so enthused that he was so gracious enough to uh, grant us permission to use his face and his brand so that we can make ourselves a little bit more known. My God. You know, I am a self-proclaimed biggest fan of this podcast. <laughs> So it is absolutely an honor for me to be here. Now, my first uh, interaction with Yanni outside of that teaching was a little different for me uh, (laughs) because I don't know know if it was the same night, but I do remember standing in the hallway in church, just having a long conversation with Yanni about ministry. She was telling me about, you know, her background. And I was like, well, you know, you should you should get involved. You should be a part of it. No. (laughs) And I was like. Okay. <laughs> and I just, I kept going. You know, you get back around to the question again, and it was still no. But uh, but she did join the youth ministry once I, I left, though. So. Oh! <laughs> oh it's an unresolved tension about that. Shame! <laughs> you know what? That is exactly how it went down. <laughs> they kept pressuring me. They kept lassoing me down, holding me down. It was like a wait. Like, are you going to participate? No! I want to stay behind the scenes as much as possible. I didn't even want to join the, uh, what was I, in praise? At like the, yeah, the worship team and some yeah. I was like, man... Because they, 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 it's like a twinkle in, you got to understand when he says it, it's a twinkle in his eye. Like you say, you say something like, oh yeah, I've been doing twinkle, 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 you <laughs> Twinkle, 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 somebody hey, like, take up, I take up the uh, I think I heard Dave Spiel say, don't talk to Prince with his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he going to make you say, yeah, every time. Yeah, every single time. And in my first interaction with Tim, I remember Tim coming up to me. I think it was after I spoke to something. He was like, man, he was like, you good, man. 
<laughs> and it was one of those things where you know when you when you're a speaker or whatever, people always say that. Yeah. But for some reason, I believed you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he made sure that me. I don't tell everybody. This. <laughs> I was like, you know, I didn't say much. At he was like, I don't tell everybody this. You're a good guy, man. I was like. I believe you, man. <laughs> you, I believe you. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. No, that's super dope. So, uh, no questions, no holes bar. We don't even have a line of questions that we really want to ask you, uh, to be honest with you. Like, we haven't prepared it. So, a lot of this stuff is going to come. We just flow. Yeah, you know, saying out of uh, what we have. But go ahead, for the people who, uh, who happen to not know you, give them a rundown of who Chris Cox is. So, I am a son to some amazing parents. My uh, parents are pastors. Um, They've always been in ministry. I've always been in in church. Um, You know, you can grow up in church, but church not really be in you. So, um, I really committed my life to God when I got like about halfway through college after I moved here um, to Atlanta. I was almost about to say Virginia. So, I live in Virginia now. But when I moved here to Atlanta um, in what 2005, I moved here for college. And um, that's kind of like really once I got outside of my parents' house, you know, that whole thing where you train a child in a way to go when they depart yeah, or yeah. when they leave it won't depart from them. Mm-hmm. And so it was that kind of thing because like, although I, 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 if I'm being honest, I don't want to like make up no testimony, but <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm being honest, like I was never that kid that was like into a whole lot. And I was, I was always kind of involved in church and music mm-hmm. and different things like that. But um, like I said, it, I think I was pretty much leaning on my parents' relationship and not necessarily coming to my own identity and who I was in Christ until I got into that pretty much to that stage of my life. And so I went to school, got a degree in computer science, and I was on that, you know, corporate America, uh, just working that job until, you know, I heard, felt that calling of ministry. Um, and then I got into ministry and, and young people just, they really are a passion for me. So that's what I do. I serve young people. Um, I serve those who serve young people. Now I have a nonprofit organization um, that I built for youth pastors and youth leaders. Yeah. Um, and so I've been able to take a lot of my journey. Um, I've been able to take a lot of the ups and downs that come with saying yes to God. Mm. And I've been able to turn that into something that blesses other people. So I think if you're not doing that, you're not really living. Like, you know, going through life, learning lessons from the things that you go through. Because, see, I always, I have this philosophy that, you know, everything that's allowed to happen in my life is God allowed. Mm. And even if it's not comfortable in the moment, eventually I'm going to be able to use that for the good because I'm a man who loves God and I'm called according to his purpose. So when God's purpose is on the inside of you, there's always a way to... Um, allow your life to benefit that purpose inside of you. So, wow. yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you see how easy he interwove, he interweaved the word of God so that you could be like, you didn't even know that you were getting the message. Hey, I didn't know I get a preach to you. I'm sitting there like, I'm ready to see you. I'm thinking I've been doing life all wrong. <laughs> So, so, okay, we've been talking about purpose and calling and, you know, like that, like that journey and it looks different for everybody. It so happens that we kind of run across a lot of kind of ministers. We had um, Steve, mm-hmm. who used to go to Fresh Start also yeah. um, uh, on episode, a uh, uh, couple episodes back. But talk about like your, your kind of journey into, uh, uh, into actual ministry, because it's not like it didn't, you got the call, right? Mm-hmm. But you had been serving you had been a pastor 
or you know or licensed or whatever at mm-hmm. some point. So can you kind of talk about kind of that that up and down journey about being licensed, transitioning, and then actually embracing whatever your calling was? Yeah. So um, it was around 2007 when I kind of like felt like God called me into ministry, like as a as a speaker. Um, like I said before, then. I had done a lot just playing the keyboard and different things like that, different churches serving um, in those areas. But um, and I was comfortable behind the keyboard. I was comfortable in the music area of churches. But speaking to people, honestly, it was not comfortable for me. Um, And I've learned since that usually what whatever God calls you to, it may be something that, you know, like you don't think you can actually do, but when you step into it, there's like a flow that comes, like there's an anointing yeah. that comes on that. And you'll find like pe- people are like, wow, like can you speak this? And I'm like, man, y'all just don't know. If God don't show up, I'd be scared sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But, but anyway, one of the things that I remember back in 2007, like one of the first things God gave me, and eventually I'm gonna have to turn it into a book, but he, he began to right show here. me. <laughs> Right. He began to show me these levels of a relationship with him that I had been living through. Um, And the first level of a relationship is grace and mercy. Mm. And it's God loving us even before we were returning the love to him, before uh, we even, you know, had anything to do with it. He was dying on the cross. He was extending grace. He was extending mercy, something that we didn't deserve. Um, But he was showing us first that he loved us. Mm. And then when we return that love towards, when we acknowledge that love that's been coming towards us, um, and we respond to it, then we move from that level to the level of sal- salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's like, you you don't just leave Grace and Merlin. You still need that right. for your whole journey. But I'm just saying you enter into this new phase or this new level of a relationship called salvation. From salvation, that's you understanding that God loves you and you love God now, right? Mm-hmm. And then you realize, hey, there's a reason behind this love relationship. Oh, That's purpose. Like purpose is the reason why, mm. right? That's all purpose is. It's like, and, and that's a question that gets asked a lot of times and people sometimes um, they, they say, oh, my purpose is to speak or my purpose is to do that. No, your purpose is why you do those yeah. things. Yeah. And we do those things to bring glory to God and to make disciples and to, to bring people into um, who Jesus is. And so you go from purpose, I'm speeding up, you go from purpose to position. Position, I would say, is kind of like that calling. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people skip purpose and get into position and oh. they're doing things and they don't understand why they do them. Um, and so that's that 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 kind of brings some, some conflict too. Cause it's like it doesn't matter what position you're in, you could be a drummer, you could be a uh you could be a police officer, you could be anything, you know what I'm saying? You could be a school teacher, all of those different positions you can hold, but if you understand the purpose behind the position. Like God can give you opportunities to be used by him. Yeah. Once you get in position, I believe God drops destiny on a position. Oh, oh So my first message in 2007 was getting in position for destiny. That's good. Because I believe that God doesn't send destiny to the person. He sends it to the position. And it's our job to, number one, Hear the call to get in position so that we can receive the destiny. It's almost like a football field. Mm -hmm. Like there's a there's a call, like somebody calls to play. Yeah. And then it's your job now, even though there are defenders trying to block you from getting in position, 
It's your job to get in position because guess what? By the time you start running, the quarterback has already released yeah, the yeah, ball. Yeah. Not to the person, but to the position. To the yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you're not in position, you can't catch what's already falling. Oh, man. You're right. And so the yeah. quarterback throw it to the spot. You yeah. got to get to the spot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's I, all I don't really be understanding these. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Like, you know, like, I know you get this all the time as a pastor, like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose, mm-hmm. right? Even when I get that question, I'm starting to see that most people fight with their purpose because they want their fleshly desires to mm-hmm. come forth. How do you, how you, how do you navigate somebody through that from their flesh? They want, they want their purpose to be what their flesh wants instead of what God wants for their purpose. I think sense. it's, I think it's like, um, making things simple again. You know what I'm saying? If you take the complexity out of it, then people can digest it a little better. Mm -hmm. And so if you ask me what your purpose is, I'm going to say your purpose is your why. What is your why? Because your why is what will fuel you to keep going when your what dries up or when your passion (laughs) for your what. Like what I do, I don't like doing what I do sometimes. But why I do it is so important to me that I keep doing what I do. And so I say your purpose is your why. And it's like, if your purpose is always to bring glory to God with your life, mm-hmm. um, and it, then that purpose, um, and then also you got to understand that there's a difference between two sometimes, your purpose and his purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you have to kind of decide, you know, at some point in your life, which purpose is more worth living to. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And that pushes you into this place called a surrendered lifestyle. And um, when you live a surrendered life, like that's different. Like that's a whole nother kind. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's like, I know what I can do, but I will surrender that to the will of God for my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, But just for, you know, people that's just like on the surface, like what's purpose, what's purpose? Like find your why, find something that um, fuels you to get out of bed. Like right. if you want to take, you know, the whole, you know, relationship with God and all that, or or quote unquote religion out of it, find a why, and that can become your purpose. And then you find ways. Like if you lock into that, your creativity opens up to find ways to do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I like the way because I remember one time I was liking it to like a John Lewis, right? Our our Martin Luther King. I said it was their purpose because they was getting beat. Mm. for the movement, but they still did it. Yeah. I say, oftentimes, your purpose is not going to feel good, mm-hmm. but you can't stop doing it. Yeah. You can't stop doing it. It's your call. You have to do it regardless of how it feels. So Absolutely. I like the way you put that. Yeah, because this, it, I'm telling you, man, sometimes when you say you like, you're getting beat for it and you're getting, like, there are things that when you move into that journey of following, you know, living a purposeful life, like, there are things that will come and feel like they are beating on you. Yeah. And you have to continuously remind yourself why you got into this in the first place. Because if you don't if you don't leave for the same reason you got in, mm. you ain't done. You know what I'm saying? And that comes with like that comes with church. Like even with churches, like I tell them like some people are like will go in and out of church and be like, well why did you come? It's like, did that why change? No, if it didn't, you ain't done yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, You're just so going through it. Very, no, but that's a very good way to look at it because a lot of times, and you hear people say this all the time, but when they usually when they're saying it, it's from the pulpit in a, in a way to bash people for mm-hmm. leaving their specific context right. or mm-hmm. their specific church, right? But I think you're right. We often do not look at these circumstances that we're in as uh, like, what was the why that we got into it? Mm-hmm. Like what jumped us into it? And what is the reason that we're leaving? Or it, does the whys correlate with each mm-hmm. other? And I, and I, and I, and I know that for like someone who might be kind of watching this right now, right? They're still, 
the pandemic shifted a lot for mm. a lot of people, right? Mm, right. And it cre- and created a maybe a mindset that forced you to look at your journey, to evaluate it from a perspective of like, yo, is this really mm. what's up for me? Talk about that for you. Because pandemic life, I think I think you're really a, 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 an avid social media person. So I think, and you, it, he already mentioned that he had like a computer science background. So I think it, it, it may have been easier for you to mm-hmm. navigate that. But as a youth pastor, you were used to pre-pandemic integrating or, or uh, conversing with the youth on a in-person mm-hmm. kind of level. And even while these these young people are avid techies and, and they're they're more brilliant than the generations mm-hmm. um, before them in that area, I'm sure there was a little bit of tension yeah. in how to present the gospel in a way that everybody can receive it and what have you. Talk yeah. about kind of how you navigated that space specifically during the pandemic, and let me make sure that we are good on yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so for me it was that you know that internal resolve of, yes, how we're showing up has changed. Why we show up hasn't, mm. right? Like so like how we we do things, how we do church, how we do discipleship, because that's what I'm really big on anyway. So kind of like the pandemic really didn't affect a whole lot of my relationships with the people that I lead because I let them out of church already. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, if, you need about, church, right. Right. if you need a church to do ministry, then yeah, you're going to be in a, in a very yeah, bad place. Right. But if you are the church, then you can do ministry anywhere. anywhere. Right. Um, because you you understand why you are the church. And you understand that not even the gates of hell can prevail against that's you good. because you have a revelation of not what church is, but who God is. Yeah. And that's so much bigger than what churches presented at times, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or who other people say he is. You yeah, know, that's yeah, funny yeah. how even the backdrop of that conversation um, happens on this question that Jesus is asking people, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Well, some say you're this, well, some say you're that. And there's only one person who stands up and says, you are Christ's son of the man. He mm-hmm. says, well, flesh and blood didn't reveal that. Like your church didn't reveal that. Mm-hmm. God revealed mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. if you don't have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. then pandemic and all that stuff will crush you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because a crisis should only reveal to the world who Christ is. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and you, you know what's so good about it? This man, hold on, wait. This man said a crisis should only reveal who Christ, Christ is. is. We don't have Chris Cox. We have Christopher Wallace. Oh what? I'm gonna tell you, like, even with like when the kids after you, after you transition from 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 the church, right? Mm-hmm. I would talk to the kids, and one thing I, I noticed that they did, all of them had a different understanding of who they wanted God to be in their life. And I, mm-hmm. I thought it was so brilliant how you brought it on. Like they had mm-hmm. their own understanding of who God was. It wasn't yeah. nobody else understanding. You brought them to a to a place where they could see God for who who God was in mm-hmm. their life. Yeah, and, and I believe that would make them so strong to keep going after God. Yeah, they were no longer institutionalized uh, as far as like believing in God from an institutional. They believe God from from their depths. It seems like you know. You know why I think that's important too, because I think so many of us. Uh, to your point, you, you mentioned earlier that you had been living off of kind of the grace of your your parents as mm-hmm. far as what your relationship was. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us as adults, right, have internalized that same construct. Mm-hmm. Beforehand, in an episode that you have not seen yet because it's not released, mm-hmm. but I was talking about a book called Jesus and John Wayne that I'm having to read mm-hmm. for um, my class. 
And it kind of underscore it underscores the experiences of evangelicalism, right? Mm. And 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 you know the the irrational and the rational aspect of it. But what you find in the history of it is that a lot of people were basing their faith off of not like concrete Christian, like they were calling themselves Christians, right? Mm. And we say this all the time. A lot of people be like, "Well, I follow Christ." No, you follow. Paul. Right. right. <laughs> and since you're a Pauline, not a Christian, so they right, need right. to have a clear understanding. But a lot of people have been basing how they function solely off of an idea of mm. Christ, but not even a real relationship. Yeah. So they their their movement, so it'd be it's as simple as it's as simple as saying, you know, if my pastor says this, mm. th- and this, if even if this one thing conflicts with what I know to be true about God, mm. because he said it, that's what I follow. Right. Mm. Go ahead. Yeah, because... Hold on, actually, lot... wait. You know we had to do it. Tune in next week for part two of our conversation with Pastor Chris. Bye. I know I've questioned many things in this world, but I never had to question love. So I know I can put a trust in a real love, your love For every mom who ever missed a meal So they would have enough to let their babies eat Fathers who grind every day to provide more than good advice Charlie Sheen, take it everything you gotta take To bring the bacon home and put it on the table You are not forgotten, legacies are made in our darkest hours God is watching, keep your faith Don't bend, don't fold, there's a lyric I quote Tell me trouble don't last always There's a Christ I know who revives the soul Of the one who lose their way Pursue the one who promised us a peace of mind I tried to fly high on my choice of vice But then I found Christ was the road to life Trust in a real